Welcome to another edition of the Hawk Off the Press podcast. I'm your host, Gazette Hawkeyes reporter, John Steffi. I'm excited to welcome Sean Bach from 24-7. Sean, thanks for joining me. Yeah, John, thank you for having me. Looking forward to uh, to talking to my football. It's been, you know, kind of a eventful offseason the last couple of weeks. And, you know, it's time to kind of cool down a little bit. So that's that's always nice, too. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. So it isn't like there's anything that's been happening in the last week, even, or anything <laughs> possibly that would be of interest. So right. I guess let's start with what came out yesterday. Um, the Iowa is self-reporting a violation to the NCAA, what's expected to be a level three violation. That's the lowest level in terms of severity, least severe, just to be clear, least severe, not most bigger number lower <laughs> severity um resulting from a text message that Iowa football recruiting director Tyler Barnes sent to then Alabama offensive lineman Caden Proctor basically with the gist of hang in there keep your head up that kind of thing so in the grand scheme of things and especially with what we're seeing in 2024 with the transfer portal Yes, it's against the NCAA rules, but this isn't really something that you would say is something that people should be panicked about this rule violation, pretty small in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, I mean, I I would say so. I really, I know a lot of people on our message boards on Hawkeye Insider were kind of, you know, a little like skeptical when all this stuff came out because Caden had that, or had that unofficial media availability. I think this would make more sense for, you know, us journalists, John, um, that we can't really talk to players on campus unless it's like through the SID. Um, And it kind of didn't seem like it was that for the Caden Proctor stuff. He kind of just showed up at the game at that basketball game uh, in like an hour or so after he committed. And then media members just swarmed to him to, uh, to talk to him. So that was a little unique. And, I think Caden, you know, you get all those guys in front of him, all those media guys asking questions. Um, It's kind of easy to, you know, maybe slip up or say something that, you know, you didn't really intend to say. Um, And obviously when those clips started going out on Twitter too, you know, you see fans from Nebraska, fans from Alabama, fans from Iowa State clinging on to that one clip where he mentioned that, you know, the Iowa staff talked to him about hanging in there. Uh, it's going to be all good. Like, you're going to be good, stuff, whatever he said. Um, and that's going to take on a life of its own. And I, I honestly think it's it's good on Iowa to self-report it because there are a lot of schools that, you know, do a lot worse things that don't report it. And that just kind of proves sketchy. Um so I think it's good on Iowa. They they do a good job usually of or all the time. I mean, outside of the one instance with Caden, but they do a really good job of like staying within bounds of NCAA bylaws when it comes to recruiting and um, you know different types of scenarios that you know could eventually get them in trouble or like, you know kind of teeter on that line. They do a good job of avoiding that. Um, so I'm not I'm not losing sleep over this one. Obviously, it's annoying. Um, I mean, I I don't know what the requirements are for Tyler, what he's going to have to do. I imagine he has to take, like, a class or, like, do something, like, discipline, area-related. 
but I wouldn't anticipate it really impacting Proctor's eligibility at all. That's more just me, you know, kind of thinking out loud um, about it. I don't know the exact, like, what's going to happen, what's going to happen, but I think it's just going to be very minimal. Yeah, I agree. It would not surprise me if it's a little bit of education necessary and, hey, don't do this again. This is wrong. Okay, let's move on from this. And I think a key part of it, too, is that, okay, this is just one text message we're talking about with a very human element to it of the right. you know, just giving him a little bit of encouragement. So it isn't like, you know, this is a series of messages saying, hey, come to Iowa. Hey, come to Iowa. Right. No, it's a pretty limited scope. And I, you know, specifically asked, like, just this one message. And Beth said, yeah, you know, this one text message. So, yeah, considering the scope of it, yeah, I don't see this being really a significant problem for Barnes, for Proctor. But moving on to other things that have happened in the last week, Tim Lester, new offensive coordinator that came out on Sunday, made official Wednesday. I know he's not fans' first choice. I think a lot of fans had their hopes set high on Kevin Johns or others before that. But I think it's an interesting fit, and it seems like a very Iowa fish for what Kurt Ferentz wants to do. Tim Lester seems to fit that bill in terms of running the ball, but still, you know, not necessarily a Brian Ferentz carbon copy. He does things differently, and there are some different intricacies that you can see with how he runs his offenses. Yeah, the thing that really I like a lot about this offense is that, <clears throat> excuse me, there's a balance. So there, you look at the stats, especially in their really successful years, there's a good balance between passing yards and rushing yards. Like there's not, obviously you're more often than not, you're going to have more passing yards, but they also put up pretty good numbers running the football. And they're going to look to run to the football. They're going to look to run the football. Nothing's going to change there. But I like the different kind of like ways they try to really get those wide receivers open. Like a guy like Caleb Brown, I think, could really thrive in that Sky Moore type of role at Western Michigan. Sky Moore was one of uh, Tim Lester's draft picks at Western Michigan at the wide receiver position in the last couple of years. I think he was a second round pick. Maybe I'm mixing him up. Second or third round, maybe. Um, but he's he was a really good player. And I think Brown can fit into that system really well. But I mean, a big thing with, like, this offense and, you know, how they kind of can fix things, obviously personnel is a big thing. And you look at some of the routes that some of these Western Michigan offenses have run under Lester, and they're a lot more vertical, a lot more downfield. I think I saw a stat where, like, Brian, like, the average route, like, or average, like, yeah, route of a receiver in Brian Ferentz's offense was maybe, like, five yards or something like that. While this Tim Lester offense at Western Michigan, I think, was around like 10 or 11 yards. So it's a lot more vertical, a lot more of that type of action. And I think if you get the right personnel at the wide receiver position and you get a running back unit that can be complementary to that wide receiver unit in that passing game, I think you can really benefit from it. And I think it's a good fit, too, like you said, with Kirk, because... Yes, like I know a lot of people are saying, oh, we want this guy to run the offense. Like he's going to be the guy to solely run the offense. Um, but Kirk is still going to have a little bit of like a, a say in things and like a little bit of a hand in things. And I think it doesn't veer. I think Iowa has the pieces 
to make Leicester's offense work and some of the groundwork that they have to make it work. And I think with a really experienced offensive line and bringing in Caden Proctor too, like, I know it's kind of obvious, but you have to have a good offensive line to run this type of offense that they're running. And I think with Iowa's starting offensive line unit with the amount of experience they have coming back, I think they could really, you know, take a step forward in this with this system under Leicester and really improving it. I mean, I'm not going to say they're going to average 35 points in, you know, year one because that would just be a totally unfair ex- expectation. But I think if you have a healthy K McNamara, if you get a quarterback in the transfer portal um, that can run the offense and, you know, you can really get that wide receiver room to take that next step too. I mean, with the amount of experience they have coming back at running back and outside of the injuries this year and kind of the, you know, obvious struggles. I mean, you watched Iowa football. You watched every snap, John. Like, teams were forcing Iowa to throw the football. Yeah. But Iowa had no – it didn't seem like they had confidence in throwing the football. No. So they stacked eight or nine guys in the box, and, you know, the run game is really going to falter on that. So I think there is a good balance that can make Iowa more – what's the word I'm looking for? More balanced, like or more dynamic. A good balance, more dynamic. Yes, that's 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 a simple word that I should use right away. Um, more dynamic and more just like able to rely on you know the passing game you can rely on the running game, running game you can rely on the passing game, kind of open things up for each other. And I know people hate this word, but complementary, like it can be a complementary offensive style. Yeah, that complimentary word has been used a few times in <laughs> recent years. I think one of the intriguing things, and you brought up the kind of teams loading the box, you can have the greatest offensive line in the world, but eight on five or nine on five, that math is bad, no matter yeah. how you slice it. Like you can take your all-time best Iowa offensive line and, okay, they do better than what last year was, but they'd run into some issues when it's eight on five or even nine on five. I think one of the more intriguing possibilities too would be, I hate to even put that out there and get fans too excited by this possibility, but if Iowa could implement some RPO, that could be intriguing. Mm -hmm. I think back to like when you have eight guys in the box, if one of those was an RPO, you're going to have a good opportunity. And of course there are a lot of big ifs, you know, with quarterback health, Cade McNamara has not had a fully healthy season since 2021. You know, with wide receiver, you're losing a lot of experience there. So you have some question marks, but if you can, the RPO, I think, would be an intriguing thing with this offense, as long as Kirk lets Lester really have the keys to the car. That could be another Mm -hmm. intriguing thing. Yeah, I mean, to go off of that, too, like Cape McMurray, obviously, it's going to be a big question mark of how mobile he's going to be when he comes back. Deacon Hill, he, we know he's not mobile. Um, With all due respect to Deacon, really nice guy, yes, but not yes. a mobile quarterback. Yes, but look at the types of quarterbacks that Iowa's recruiting. Marco Linez obviously needs to take a couple steps forward. Forward as a passer, I wouldn't say he's really in the conversation now for – the starting job until the 2025 season, depending on what that looks like. 
he can move in and out of the pocket. James Rosar, the four-star commit that they have in the 2024 class, like that guy is known for his speed. Jimmy Sullivan, the 2025 class, like he's very mobile. They're they're recruiting a different type of quarterback that can be more mobile, that can make throws, but can also move their feet, move in and out of the pocket, and you know where you can establish those RPOs that you know not like are only set on running the football, but you know options that you can it's called a read pass option for a reason like you can do a variety of things with it to keep the offense and or to keep the defense on their toes and you know improve that offensive tempo too because that's something that i will really want to do this year was improve that tempo on offense but they just weren't able to do it with Cade's injury and you know i know kirk mentioned um i think it was later in the year that the season really took a turn on august 12th when Cade went down with that or august 12th august 11th you get the idea that kids stay practice when Cade went down with an injury because, you know, that really hurt his mobility. They thought that he was on a good track and that set him back a bit. So, you know, there's, there's hope that with the current types of quarterbacks they have coming in that, you know, that style can really thrive and that having a mobile quarterback who can do stuff with his speed and, you know, also make plays with his arm can really make this Iowa offense more balanced and, you know, an offense where or a defense doesn't have to st- or doesn't need to stack, you know, eight or nine guys in the box. Like they can play a normal type of base defense. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's encouraging. Um, I know it's not like you said, it's not the sexy hire. People wanted Kevin Johns, you know, Paul Chris was uh, people really talked themselves into Paul Chris at the start, too. Um, but I think Lester is a is a good complimentary fix for what Iowa wants in an offensive coordinator. And I'm, I'm patting my, I'm patting myself on the back right now, but I wrote an article, I think right when Brian Ferentz was fired, five offensive coordinator options um, that I think would be a good fit at Iowa. Obviously I had to put Ryan Gurr up there. Um, Didn't put Paul Christ on there, but I did put Tim Lester on there. And I didn't think about that, you know, until, you know, the smoke really started to, the smoke turned to fire when he was going to get hired. Um, and I thought back, I was kind of like, why did I think this would be a good fit? But then I went back and looked at his offense, looked at what they did, you know, that familiarity with Kirk. I know you mentioned, or you had a tweet a couple days ago um, when he got hired that Western Michigan probably, you know, maybe fired Tim Lester a little too early um, based on what Kirk said. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's a good fit. I mean, he had, he's had a year in the NFL um, isn't it true? Wasn't he a defensive or like, wasn't he a defensive analyst? Yes, I believe Bay? he was a defensive analyst for Green Bay, but I think that kind of plays like, I don't think that's as much of a red flag as probably some people think it is when they hear, wait right. a second, he wasn't on the offensive side because right. he's poking like, holes in other offenses, most likely. Right. Yeah. And sorry to interrupt you, but mm-hmm. I mean, Abdul Hodge, he was a linebacker, he's the tight ends coach. And this tight end room has been pretty good. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like you said, I wouldn't look too much into that, to that point. Yeah, and you were mentioning the quarterbacks coming in on um, 2025, Jimmy Sullivan. How much – it's an interesting week for him. He announced the offer from Michigan State from the new staff there, obviously verbally committed to Iowa. How much concern – 
do you think from your recruiting coverage perspective, how much concern do you think Hawkeye fans should have about any other schools coming in? Um, now there's a different offensive staff at Iowa um, than, well, Sullivan committed when there wasn't one, but yeah. <laughs> so I can't um, really say it's different, but how much of a concern yeah. do you think Michigan State and any other schools that come in could be? Um. I know they're really happy with Iowa and the fact that they committed without an offensive coordinator is pretty telling too, that they have a lot of trust in Kirk Ferentz and potentially what the staff, I know John Budmeyer played a big role in that recruitment as well. Um, so I wouldn't put too much stock into it right now. I think, I honestly think Jimmy is an ideal fit for Tim Lester's offense. If it's the same type of offense that they ran at Western Michigan, um, I think he's a great fit at Iowa for that. So I wouldn't put too much stock into it right now with the offensive coordinator change. If he's having a really good senior season, which I think he will, then I think you could really see more offers coming in. And the quarterback recruiting is kind of crazy because it's a lot earlier than all the other positions because there's only really one spot in the class. So you're going to get guys go off the board early. And at this point, it's like Sullivan's – committed to a pretty successful Big Ten school, albeit the offense has not been, you know, what it wants to be or what it needs to be to really be attractive. But, um, you know, who knows? Maybe, like, an Indiana comes in with their new staff. Maybe a Purdue comes in. Like, something like that. Like, maybe an in-state school could potentially open his eyes a little bit. But I know that the family is really happy with Iowa. Jimmy's really happy with Iowa. So I wouldn't really lose sleep over it right now. I, I think Iowa's still in a pretty good spot. And I think hiring a guy like Lester is, you know, good for that too. And then kind of busy time of year for 2025 recruiting as a whole. Seemed like a bunch of offers went out. Any of those prospects that you think are particularly intriguing that maybe would be a name for fans to kind of circle a little bit? Yeah, um, Eli Johnson out of River Falls in uh, in Wisconsin, kind of like, I think it's like maybe 30, 35 minutes from Minneapolis, so it's more western Wisconsin. Um, he's a guy that Iowa really likes. They usually kind of take two tight ends in this in the class, so him and Thomas Meyer up in Clear Lake. Um, Meyer will be in Iowa City this weekend for the junior day. He's the top target for Iowa. They want him really bad. Eli Johnson's up there, too. There, he's a guy that Iowa really likes. Um, he was a new offer this week. He started to pick up a few more. I know Vanderbilt offered the other day. I think Mizzou offered last night, too. Um, so he's a guy to watch for Iowa in the next couple months. He'll probably end up taking the official visits to Iowa along with the junior day, too. Um, so he's a guy to know. Uh, shoot, what's his name? There's a wide receiver from uh, West Aurora in Illinois. I think his name is Terrence Smith. Yeah, Terrence Smith. He'll be on campus this weekend. Iowa fans have been clamoring for X receivers. This guy is the perfect fit for that. Six foot four, six foot five, 180 pounds, really good basketball player. Picked up an offer from Minnesota, picked up an offer from Iowa State earlier this week. It's a really athletic kid. Still a little raw as a wide receiver, but you know, when you have that basketball background as an X receiver and translate to the football field, you're generally going to have a pretty high ceiling. So he's a really good prospect. I think Iowa's got a good shot there. Um, obviously, the offense needs to improve a little bit, but you can kind of sell recruits easier with a first-year offensive coordinator who has had success with wide receivers in the past. So I think he's going to be one to know. Brock Heath, an offensive lineman out of 
uh, Blue Valley Northwest in Overland Park, Kansas, same high school as Iowa freshman tight end Gavin Hoffman. He's gotten a couple pretty big offers recently too, but Iowa was supposed to get a junior day visit in March right now. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to look back a little bit. That feels like a long time ago that these offers <laughs> came out. They offered a running back out of Florida, Sean Simeon, who's from Naples. Uh, it's, those guys are kind of tough to pull because those Florida kids really like the recruiting process. And, you know, it's kind of not – like Iowa wants to win those battles. Iowa wants to contend in those battles. But those Florida kids, like, you know, Florida State, Miami, or Florida, or even some really good, like, mid-tier SEC schools want them, or even ACC schools. Like, those guys are kind of hard to poke out of there. So I think Iowa has a good chance to get a visit, but it's still kind of still kind of in the beginning stage of the bit. So those, those are four guys right now that just got offers this week that I'd say keep an eye on. Um, they offered Lucas Allgaier all too out of St. Louis, an offensive defensive lineman, offensive lineman mainly at Iowa. His uncle played at Iowa. His cousin played for Iowa baseball, Nick Allgaier, uh, a couple of years ago. So there's a little bit of a connection there, which is kind of cool, but – yeah, those are kind of five recent offers that I think Iowa can really get some traction with over the next couple months and, you know, potentially get official visits from. And then it's interesting, this coming week would usually be, well, it still is the regular signing day, but it's probably the least eventful regular signing day, mm-hmm. considering that Iowa had their pretty much their entire 2024 class signing the early period, and they're seven spots over, so... Yeah, quiet signing day, and aside from Proctor, no portal additions either. Yeah, I mean, I honestly totally forgot it was signing day coming up, so <laughs> thank you for reminding me on that. That's, that's that tells you everything. Like, yeah, that's just like as like little significant as it is because Iowa got their class basically done like after that June official visit weekend, um, and they knew they were going to kind of be a little close on scholarships. I didn't think they'd be this. I didn't think they'd think that they'd be this far over scholarships because I think if you would have asked a lot of people, they wouldn't have said that Luke Lachey would have come back because had he not gotten hurt, like could he have had a really good season and potentially gone to the NFL? Nick Jackson, I mean, I don't think a lot of people knew that he had that potential for a waiver um, at the beginning of the season until it became that time. Jay Higgins, I think you could have maybe convinced me that he was going to come back. Quinn Schulte, like, I think he didn't know that he could defer medical or dental school for a while. So I didn't think, I think he kind of went into the mindset this would be his last year. And then Sebastian Castro, I mean, he's going to be 24 next year. Like, that's pretty, that's, that's getting up there. Like, I'm 24 and I feel like I've been out of college for like five years. Um, <laughs> so he he's getting, he's getting up there. He's getting up there in age and obviously like, he's still young, but you know what I mean? Like college terms. So like, yeah, they, I didn't think they'd think that they'd have this many guys back and, you know, this many guys that really be willing to come back for another year. But, I mean, it's a good problem to have because you retained a lot of talent. You have a lot of depth on the defensive side. Now it's just time to figure that out on the offensive side and at those skill positions. I do not envy the Iowa staff trying to get from 92 to 85. They have plenty of time. They have until August. Yeah. And we'll probably see a couple guys go on medical scholarship. That would make a lot of sense. And then you do have naturally some attrition. So probably no need to hit the panic button either on getting down there. But it will be a process, I think, to get down to 85 by August. Yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, I, I, I do think so. It's like you said, I mean, guys just tend to leave and, you know, there's a couple medical retirements too. Um, and yeah, I, I, I mean, I just think at some point they're going to get down to 85 one way or another. I'm not saying they're going to take away any scholarships, but I know of schools that, you know, I've put guys, put scholarship guys on, you know, as walk-ons and then just, you know, kind of said, here's NIL, like, you know, you still basically go to school for free, but you know, it's still kind of, that's kind of a touchy line to cross. Yeah. Well, Sean, thanks for joining me. Yeah, John, thank you for having me. It's always good to talk Iowa. And then, I mean, I'm sure you're in the same mindset as me that, you know, you're kind of happy that things are slowing down a little bit. Yeah. We, us writers can actually like take vacations. This crazy thought. We're not having to jump every time our phone dings as much as during the OC search. So it's that off season time of year, a month into the off season. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I think it was maybe Tuesday. I didn't even write an article and I was kind of like, what? Like it just (laughs) felt so weird. Just felt so weird. Well, thanks to our listeners for tuning into another episode. Until next time, we will talk Hawks later. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.